I'm David Porter, author of Five Minutes to Live. Just a few things to note about the podcast. First, if you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live, the link is in the description of the podcast, but can be purchased online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and even at Walmart and Target online. I've also listed my Facebook and Twitter links. I'd love to hear from you, especially if you're enjoying the book. In this series, we're going to read through Five Minutes to Live, chapter by chapter, releasing a new chapter each week. If you didn't start with Episode 1, the prologue, please go back and start there. Please subscribe and hit the alert notification, whatever that looks like on your preferred podcast platform. That way you'll know when the new episodes are released. And if you're enjoying this journey, please, please, please share this podcast with your friends and family. Five Minutes to Live has a lot of footnotes for the research done and the Bible verses quoted. I'll post those footnotes in the description of each episode. Finally, I've got a new book on the way titled 60 Seconds of Silence that I am really excited about. Once that book is available, I'll go back and post that link in each episode's description as well. With that, thank you for being here. Let's get started. Chapter 15 I made my way out of Nuria's neighborhood and into the city. I used alleyways and even public transportation, thanks to Jessica's credit card, to put some distance between me and Aaron or Omar or whoever he was. Exiting the city bus, I wandered, walking, turning left and right at random intervals so that no one would be able to follow me. I soon found myself in what looked like a not-so-great part of town. For the first time in my life, I wasn't afraid of being alone in a place like this. Somehow, I felt alive. I had faced adversity all day. I had faced people trying to kill me. I had followed clues, and I was figuring things out. I was still alive and healthy. It gave me new energy, new life. Being in a shady part of town, even in a foreign country, wasn't going to give me a second's worth of pause. I think this is what Jessica was telling me about. This is the Lord talking to me, helping me. I'm going to find Jessica alive, and then I'm going to tell her how I feel about her. Nothing can stop me. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. Even in not-so-desirable parts of town, there were hotels most charged by the hour, and they were used to giving a certain level of discretion to their clients. I found one such hotel and approached it, stopping in the light of the doorway to see how much cash I was carrying. Thankfully, I'd been planning on spending time with Jessica, and I had visited the ATM before I met her. That meant I had a few hundred dollars on me. American dollars. I didn't want to use Jessica's credit card in a place like this. And I might be able to get this place on the cheap if I paid in cash. The question now was if American money would be worth anything in Israel. I stepped into the slummy hotel and saw there was an overweight, greasy woman sitting behind the counter. She was turned facing a small television that controlled her attention at the moment. She had long, frizzy hair that, at one point, had an obviously dark coloring, but had started graying in recent days. From the angle at which she sat, she could see the television, anyone coming in the entrance to the hotel, and the stairway that led to the floors above. 
I walked up to the woman and said, Shalom. She looked at me and smirked. Ata medaber anglit? I asked, hoping she spoke English. How long do you want room? She asked in heavily accented English. She must have seen the question on my face and added, You walk like American? You look like American. How long you want room? I could smell the cigarettes on her breath, even from several feet away. I nodded and said, All night. The greasy woman grunted a wheezing laugh and said, Money bags over here think he lasts all night. I shook my head. No, just me, no one else. Sure, sure, she said. Lots of men come here, rent room for just man. Later on, woman come visit. I'm sure it is sister. And another roar of wheezing laughter erupted from the woman, blowing horrible cigarette breath in my face. The laughter quickly turned into a hacking, wheezing cough. I wasn't in the mood to argue with her, so I asked, how much? She said, all night, 300 shekels. I had no idea how much 300 shekels would be in American dollars, so I pulled out a crisp $50 bill, the bill with Ulysses S. Grant on it, and asked, Will this do? The greasy woman's eyes had gotten big, but she sensed she could get more out of me and was shaking her head before I even finished asking my question. I put the 50 back in my pocket and pulled out a $100 bill, Ben Franklin staring at her now. Again, she shook her head. This time, she said one word. Both. I nodded, handed the $150 to her, and she gave me a key to a room on the fourth floor. I climbed the stairs to my floor, the top floor, and did my best to ignore all of the sounds that were emanating from the rooms along my path. I found my room and entered it. There wasn't much to see, but it looked clean. The bed was made, and the remote to the television was on the side table. I shut the door behind me, locked the deadbolt, and secured the chain. After a quick shower to wash off the stink of sweat and blood, I rinsed out the shirt I'd been wearing and hung it across the bar in the wardrobe to dry. I needed to think. What do I know? What clues do I have? What's my next step? What were the things Nuria told me? I found a scrap piece of paper, part of a menu to what looked like a pizza delivery place that must be close by, and wrote down the things I knew. Number one, mercenaries don't have Kaplan or research. Number two, Kaplan called and talked with Nuria. Three, Kaplan is trying to find me. Good guy or bad guy? Four, Kaplan is with Mossad, an agent or just in their custody. Five, I have the key now. What is it? Phone? Six, don't trust Omar. Seven, go to some place with magnets. What was the name? Mondo, Mica, Metal. I turned Jessica's phone back on. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Jessica's phone was again alerting me that the battery was almost dead. When Jessica and I had been together, she asked me to put her phone on silent, and it had been on silent since then, since the car ride when she had been kidnapped. I hadn't noticed the text and missed calls from throughout the day. I quickly scanned through the texts, 
but there was nothing of importance to the mission at hand, nothing that would help me find Jessica. There were several missed calls, but none had left a voicemail. I decided to play Jessica's message again. I just wanted to hear her voice. I found the voicemail icon on her phone and pressed play. Oh, Matt, the voice quietly whispered. I hope that you're okay and you've still got my phone. I hope you're listening to this. It was definitely Jessica, but listening to the message this time, she didn't seem scared. She sounded distracted, or maybe it was just her trying to tell me something in code. The message continued. Uh, I've got your number stored in my phone and I don't actually remember it. Uh, if you get this, uh, if you're listening to this, please be careful. I again noticed the heavy emphasis on the words. She continued, don't trust anybody and please hold on to my stuff. That is my favorite tube of lipstick. I would be lost without it. I'm a virtuous woman, Matt. I really am. Don't lose my lipstick, she said adamantly. Oh, here they come. And with that, she clicked off. The voicemail was over. I dropped the phone from my ear, not letting it buzz pressed against my face like I had this morning. Was that just this morning? I knew there were a few things I should check before Jessica's phone went dead again. And I knew my time was running out. I pulled up the web browser and typed in M, Magnet, and Tel Aviv. And 407,000 results flashed back to me in 0.7 seconds. The third result in the list under Tel Aviv Beach and City Souvenir Magnet and Tel Aviv to Build Magnet-Powered Skytran Monorail was a link to Moho Magnetic Machines. I clicked the link and it took me to a very basic web page with a physical address, some pictures of the exterior of the building, and their hours of operation. Whatever this company did, they weren't trying to sell anything online. The company had a cool little logo that consisted of an M with three sides that formed a cube and the exponent of a three like M cubed. I wrote the address down on my scrap piece of paper and then pulled up the map application on the phone. I plugged the address in the search bar and in moments I had directions to Moho Magnetic Machines, M3. It wasn't far, but I knew that the phone would be dead long before I could use it in the morning to find the buildings. I tried to draw a quick map of what was displayed on the screen. It wasn't pretty, but I was confident I would be able to follow it in the morning. Morning would be here before I knew it, so I tried to calm my mind and get some rest. My shirt was hanging on the bar in the wardrobe, drying, and I knew I didn't want to sleep in blue jeans. I slipped them off, and following the lead of one of my favorite fictional characters, slipped the jeans between the top mattress and the box springs. In the books, the fictional character, Jack Reacher, was able to keep wrinkles out of his clothes by putting them between the mattresses. I was willing to see if it worked in real life. As I laid my head on the pillow to try and get some sleep, I began thinking about Neria and what she had told me. There were two things that were confusing to me. She had said that I had the key now, like I hadn't had it before, but I do now. Is that how she meant it? The other thing that confused me was the don't trust Omar phrase, she said. How did she know about Omar? I never used the name Omar when I was talking with her, did I?
and she had never met him, so she must have heard it from someone. Kaplan? How would Kaplan even know about Omar? Uh, if I'm not careful, I'm going to think myself into circles and be awake all night. I need to think on something else. I need to think on something true, honest, and of a good report. God, thank you for keeping me safe. You were talking to me and I recognized your voice. That was amazing. Thank you for showing me what to do to set the trap. Thank you for helping me get away. Thank you for providing me a weapon. Now I'm beginning to understand what Jessica has been trying to teach me. She has a relationship with God and they fellowship constantly. I want that too. I realized I was missing my friend, fighting the thoughts of nervousness for her and what she must be going through. I decided seeing her picture might make me feel a little bit better, get my mind off things and help me fall asleep faster. I pulled out the phone and opened up the photo application. The last picture in the app was the one I had taken of the personalized letter that Jessica had written to herself. The photo was so small on the screen that I couldn't read any of the words, but I noticed something that I hadn't seen while looking at the actual letter in Jessica's office. Some of the individual characters, some of the letters, seemed to be written darker like she had drawn over certain ones more than once. Looking at the tiny screen, I couldn't read the words, but those letters were much clearer. Then, before I could give it any more thought, the phone in my hand gave one final buzz, 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 and died. I decided to say a final prayer before I drifted off to sleep. Lord, please keep my friend safe. Give her comfort and let her feel your presence. Help me find her or help the two of us get to safety together. And Lord, the Bible says, When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. I ask you for sweet sleep for Jessica and myself. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. It didn't take long, and the drowsiness came in waves. I drifted to sleep, thinking, Don't trust Omar. Don't trust Omar. Don't trust Omar. Into the night. End of chapter 15. If you're still here, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that reading. If you want to purchase 5 Minutes to Live, the link is in the description below, and you can find my Facebook and Twitter links there as well. Drop me a line. Please subscribe and hit the bell so you know when the next chapter is released, and if you're enjoying this, please share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.